Welcome back to Cutting Through the Noise. In today's episode, we sit down with Kathy Cole, Vice President for Enrollment and Strategic Communications at the University of Montana. If that doesn't sound like a higher ed role, I don't know what does. We talk about how her early career as a reporter in Florida helped her become a better marketer, and we talk storytelling uh, in what is really a, just a super competitive and crowded market and world of, of higher education. And we crunch some numbers to uncover how data informs really her everyday decisions, um, you know, whether it's sending out uh, a newsletter or, you know, a, a campus visit uh, tweak. So, you know, having spent five years myself in marketing at the University of Montana, it was really fun to jump back into the world of enrollment and, and strategy. Enjoy the interview. If you have someone you think that would be a great guest, send an email to team at pintlergroup.com. We're always looking for industry leaders to share what they've learned and people that just have marketing knowledge they can share uh, with us, frankly. So without further ado, here's our episode. Just like this, we're live with Kathy Cole. Kathy, welcome to Cutting Through the Noise, the podcast. Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, we're excited to have you. I think in Missoula, um, you know, coming to Missoula, especially at the University of Montana, uh, taking on a role of enrollment, enrollment admissions, it's, uh, it's a big role. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> so you've stepped right in, and and you've been in Missoula how long now? Uh, just about 14 months. Great. And the city itself, how is the city treating you? Oh, we love it here. My awesome. whole family does. So, yeah, we fit right in. Excellent. It's been awesome. Excellent. And I thought having you on the show today would be really cool because um, you've spent time in a lot of different places. Yeah. Uh, places very different from Missoula, where mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people know and love Missoula and market Missoula and can market to Missoula. But coming to Missoula with some different perspectives from previous universities that you've been at and even uh, previous careers. So I, I kind of want to start with your career as a reporter. <laughs> um, and I read that, you know, you were looking for a job where maybe indoors was a little bit more comfortable. But I'm curious kind of how you got started in reporting and if there's anything about that career that you sort of long for or miss. Oh, yeah. It, well, it's funny how I, I started in reporting was kind of um, the fault of my freshman comp teacher. Um, I actually went to my alma mater to become um, an early elementary school teacher. And um, after I took freshman comp, my the, the woman who was teaching that really encouraged me to go work for the student newspaper. And th- there was no turning back after that for me. I mm-hmm. rose up through the ranks. I was editor-in-chief for two years of my um, college newspaper and just loved it. Once that's in your skin, I don't think it ever leaves you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just loved that. And immediately after I left college, I was hired by the Miami Herald to be their um, beat reporter for the uh, Florida Panthers, which was their ice hockey team. Okay. It was just coming into uh, the state. They'd never had a hockey team before. And since I had played uh, for 15 years, they thought I, that would be perfect for me. Yeah. Unfortunately, the day I got to Miami, their beat reporter for the uh, Dolphins quit. And they asked me just to take that beat over um, temporarily. But it was a permanent gig for about four and a half years. And the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins. And I learned football from Dan Marino and Don Chula. And, and it was really, truly the best kind of basis for a career in marketing and higher ed that I could have had because it taught me how to take really huge topics and break them down for um, lay people. 
Yeah. And and so it was just an awesome career. Um, it, it did get to be a little bit um, out of hand when, you know, I was out of out of pocket with my family for nine and a half months out of the year. And, and yeah. it, you know, that just gets tough after a while. And, and I really did want to be home on the weekends. And I did want to be home for holidays. I'd had a, a child at that point and just yeah. thought, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to be done. So I eased into higher education and really have never looked back. I do miss um, on Sundays when I'm watching football. I do miss like being right there in the moment but being a part of that yeah and nfl that there's nothing entry level about that Mm-mm. that's not the toledo you know single a no. baseball team that it you're, is not the mud hens you're, <laughs> you're in there yeah. you're in there is that actually the toledo single a baseball team yeah oh wow okay that's I'm, amazing i'm from detroit this is, okay <laughs> so these are if anybody has a sports statistic that you want kathy apparently is the person to go to <laughs> Um, well, that's great. And I, I liked what you said about being a reporter and sort of condensing stories and making mm-hmm. people understand topics that they might not be familiar with. Yeah. I've heard HubSpot hires journalists, yeah, people that major in journalism. You know, they, they might prefer that over somebody that majors in marketing because they've been telling stories and they can take, you know, let's look at this um, immunization lab and what is that? What are they doing, and how does that work? And let's talk. Let's present it to people who might need to be educated about that. And um, even though they didn't go to school to be a doctor, right? They're now articulating what they do there, which is really right. cool. And that's most of my staff um, right now are former journalists because we can tell stories, and yeah. and that's what we've been trained to do. And so it it does help tremendously. Totally. Um, let's talk about marketing higher ed. Yeah. Because there are 4,000-plus universities in the country. Mm-hmm. We work with clients in industries where there's 4,000-plus of them in yeah. the world, and they have to tell a story. Um, we work with a sweatshirt company. They make really cool sweatshirts. Guess what? There's a lot of other sweatshirt companies mm-hmm. in the world. Um, so how do you differentiate or how do you approach, let's say, a, a new university that you're, that you're walking in for the first day first month, first hundred days, what's your strategy in determining that value proposition, that thing that makes that place special? Um, So I listen a lot. Um, One of the first things I do at any institution that I happen to be a part of, I I do a listening tour. I meet with the deans, I meet with the faculty, I meet with students, um, especially alumni. Uh, I spend a lot of time with them and I listen to what their experience has been with the institution and what makes us different from any other institution and and similar themes always bubble to the top always I've you know been at five institutions and that has never changed and and so once I do that listening tour um, then I bring together the marketing arm of what whatever um, we, we're lucky enough to have some marketing folks buried within the colleges and so they all come to the table and then we really start to distill it on a marketing basis and and value proposition and and really talking about what differentiates us and from there we we start to build the marketing plan on how we're going to do it Um, but if you don't talk to people and you don't listen to what they have to say about their experience at the institution you're never going to get to um, the bottom of what what makes this place special yeah that's what we do I think that's a great answer. What happens when you start hearing some some comments that sound like cliches? 
that you've been at five universities now, mm-hmm. and so the things that people are telling you differentiate the university are things that perhaps differentiate every university, our class size. Uh, we have an interlibrary book exchange. You can get any book from any library in the country. Well, that's neat, but I think a lot of libraries have this. Mm-hmm. Um, do, wait, do libraries still have books? Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Um, they do. And you know, things along those lines. Then you dig deeper. You have and to dig deeper. Yeah, you just got to ask the right questions. Um, and, and some of that just comes with experience. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm a much better marketer now as I am in my early 50s. Um, I'm much better than I was when I was in my early 20s. And I know more about what to ask. And, and when people start to just rely on those cliches um there's much more to their story there's and and so we can start to ask some some questions about you know relationships that they have with faculty or whatever it might be and then you really do start to get the real story about their experience on campus so it's just knowing what to ask and and how to ask it yeah what have you found montana high school students care about um montana high school students really care about um academic rigor Mm -hmm. they want to go to a place that's going to challenge them they want to go to a place that's going to care about them as human beings they don't want to go someplace where they're not going to be seen as a human being Um, they really want that one-on-one connection with someone on campus Um, and the other thing they want is uh, an outcome that they can realize um within uh, a, a certain time frame and that that outcome will impact the rest of their lives. So um, because Montana students are very pragmatic, they don't want to go someplace and invest all this money um, if they're not going to get something out of it. So we really talk about outcomes when we're speaking to mm-hmm. high school juniors and seniors and, and especially their parents. You know, if you're going to make this investment with us at the University of Montana, then you're going to expect to get this out of it. And and we have the alumni stories to back it up, that these, these things really are going to happen for you. Um, and that goes a long way. Yeah, yeah. no, that. That's great. Today, it seems like when you hear about the student debt crisis, that, that stuff permeates down, of course, mm-hmm. into into high schoolers, and they're thinking, okay, I don't want to be in those shoes. Right. Right. They don't. When you're building a team to help communicate these messages, what sort of things do you look for in, you know, whether it's a new graduate or a seasoned professional when they're looking to join your team? What sort of things do you, do you help spot? Like, this could be a really great marketer, a great member of our team and and fit in nicely here right so I'm, I'm always looking for good storytellers um folks who know how to who know how to dig down and kind of get the real story I'm looking for people who can multitask um who are not just good at social media but can also help us write content for the web or who can go interview students um and help us find the right outlet for that I'm looking for people who have um, new ideas. Uh, yeah. Really, that's probably that and storytelling are my two my two big asks of people. I want to make sure that we're not ever stagnant. Mm-hmm. Um, <coughs> sorry, it's okay. Um, I don't want. Because the platforms change so regularly in the way that we communicate with students, I don't want us to ever be behind the eight ball. 
Right. And so when I'm when I'm interviewing people and when I'm talking to to anybody who really wants to join my team, I want to know what they know about what's coming up and what the next big thing is going to be. And that really helps sway me as well. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Um, multitasking, I think, is key in higher ed, right? There's a lot of hats. One week, you're, if you're a, a recruiter, you're on the road uh, talking to high schoolers in Sydney, Montana, and the next you're giving a you know, a presentation right. to 50 students at the university, and then you're using Excel to you know, figure out um, the most important data point of right. these applicants. Right. Yeah. Speaking of data, how does your team, how do you look at data in higher ed? Is it, is it 90% of what you think about? Is it 10%? Is it, a, is it a data point of many other data points that you use? How do you work with all of this data that is higher ed and, and, and demographics of, of your students? Kyle, that is 100% of what I do and what yeah. I think about. Um, without data, I'm dead in the water. I can't make decisions unless I have good data coming in and, and good analytics behind that. Um, actually, probably a majority of my staff right now are data scientists who can really help us pull that data and mm-hmm. then analyze it. Um, I, I don't know anybody in higher ed today either in either of my roles, either enrollment management or strategic communications, that isn't relying almost 100% on data to help make informed decisions. So uh, the very first thing I do in the morning is pull up my numbers. I look at all of that. I look at how we're performing, um, not only in enrollment, but you know, which of our communications have gone out and performed well, which one of our marketing campaigns has done well, or what hasn't gone well so we can change it that day. That's how I start my day. Um, I refer to it pretty often throughout the day, and then certainly before I go home at night, um, I'm looking at those numbers again to see if we've made significant gains throughout that day. Sure. So, yeah. so safe to say you spend a lot of time with data. A lot, <laughs> a lot of time. A lot. So data is useful a lot of times for telling you what's happened. Yeah. Sometimes it can be tough to forecast the future using data. Right. So I'm curious how you and your team decide, okay, here's a new here's a new social media platform or here's a new region which we've never sent somebody before or we've never targeted, you know, West Texas. Maybe you are, but maybe you're not. And so, how do you decide? Let's give this a try. Let's give this a try, or let's you know, let's let's venture into these uncharted waters because we don't have much data to, to tell us yes or no. So we don't have the data um, per- personally. I mean, the university doesn't have that data, but but we have data sources that will tell us how how we'll play in those areas. Mm. Um, we have national resources that will tell us that, and so we don't really make a move unless we check all of that out, and and then. We'll do some A/B testing before we hit hit that region. Yeah. Um, matter of fact, this year Texas was a big a big kind of question mark for us. So we mm-hmm. did some initial research through data. We did some A/B testing and softened the market a little bit. And then that's one of our biggest areas of growth this year for us. I mean, oh wow! Yeah, like thirty nine percent of our really? um, applicants right now are from Texas. So there are ways for us to do that, yeah. and we're getting better at it all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we may not have the data right now, but we're we, we're getting it, and then we have national sources that we can go to, and they are very accurate. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. Um, 
what advice would you have for somebody that's looking to get into marketing or into, well, let's say into higher ed? They, they're listening and they say, you know, this sounds kind of cool. It might be something that I'm interested in getting involved in, recruitment. I loved college, so maybe I'd love this role. Uh, what, what advice would you have for someone like that? Yeah, I've never left college, so it's <laughs> pretty cool. Um, I, you know, it, just apply for jobs in higher education. Um, there's a couple really great job sites, higher-ed.com, um, higher-edjobs.com, sorry, and, mm-hmm. and the Chronicle of Higher Education always has jobs. Um, if if you have a connection to a particular institution, um, check their jobs page. Or if you know somebody at an institution, see if you can intern or extern with them. That's a great foot in the door. Um, I don't know anybody in higher, edge, head, higher ed right now who isn't looking for good people. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll train anybody if they have, you know, the core skills, uh, you know, critical thinking, great writer, somebody who can communicate well in person. And other than that, we can train them on anything. Yeah, if they don't know how to look up transcripts, you can teach yeah, them this role. Te- yeah, we can uh, teach you can show them that. Them that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and in in my areas, you know, we always look for people who are compassionate and, and understand that the student comes first and we've got to help them, that that's our number one priority. You know, work can get done in between students, but the students are why we're here and so that always is a big uh, a, a big tell that I'm looking for but yeah if you want to get into higher ed there are a lot of ways to do it and we are always looking for good people yeah yeah and it is the best career ever it is the best career higher ed yeah oh yeah the best it's pretty fun we were talking just before the podcast about some of my experiences higher ed and look back very fondly on them yeah um and you learn a ton. You do. And I got my graduate degree paid for. Like, find the right school, and you can continue your education, and you can get training, and it's it's pretty amazing. It is. Um, any books that you might recommend for for folks? Do you have a favorite marketing book, a favorite, or just book in general about, hey, here's strategy or anything along those lines? Oh, if you saw my office, um, <laughs> I, I have like probably 500 books. Plenty of books. Yeah, plenty of so books. So choosing one might be a challenge. It, it, it's hard. Um, um, you know, it, I it, so I'm a I'm a really big believer in in leadership books and mm-hmm. and reading those never never really point you in the wrong direction um i i think find a leadership book that fits your style and read it um find books on critical thinking those are extraordinarily helpful um there's a anything by seth roden if you are in marketing is valuable to read i you know he just cuts cuts to the chase in every one of his books so i mean he's amazing um I just think anything you can get your hands on and read, read. Yeah, read, read. Read, read. It just helps so much. I think you find um, a lot of a lot of people in leadership roles. They didn't invent, uh, you know. I think it's what's the saying: great artists uh, steal, good artists or amazing artists copy, or something mm-hmm. like that. That you know, you pull these little pieces of information yeah. from all of these books to form really your own leadership style. Mm-hmm. 
but it it's not you know you didn't build that style from the ground up it's fed from all the research and and reading that you've done so right. that's that's really cool well we'll have to check out we'll have to get a picture of the 500 books and uh, we yeah. can like put it in the show notes you have you have no idea <laughs> it's like are they neatly organized by color and size or are they like is it like uh they're neatly organized. okay there you go okay <laughs> i'm picture I, i'm trying to imagine the office now yeah uh, very cool and when we think about you know i, I kind of wanted to ask this question because it, i feel like a lot of universities do this differently so i'm curious about your sure. your philosophy here is when a student, the enrollment office or the admissions office or new student services, they're working with a student right up until sort of the day that they say, okay, we're, I'm in. Um, and then the orientation happens and then sort of they focus on the next class. Whereas in other businesses, it's, it's like they have teams where, okay, now we're in the client or like customer mm-hmm. success team, making sure that this customer is happy and they stay uh, and you know, stay a customer, and they stay a student, perhaps. But what what's your philosophy on that handoff, and what does that look like? Because you're working in the terms of the customer journey, somebody who's never heard of the University of Montana before, never been to. I'm here, I'm enrolled, and now I'm majoring in this amazing program. But there's a lot of steps and communication in between there. Absolutely. Um, so I am very lucky to have a partner, um, the Vice Provost for Student Success, Sarah Swagger, um, and she came on board um, not long after I did. And so we've really made this a partnership, and we don't hand off really until the middle of their freshman year to Sarah's shop fully. Um, we communicate mm-hmm. with the students um, really until Chris about this time we keep the communication going and we keep giving advice and Mm -hmm. and helping them to do that and so is Sarah but we've completely changed orientation now so that it's not just those couple days in the summer um, when they come to campus and they take care of business we've moved that to the spring and so students come and they meet with us in the spring and they get enrolled in classes and do all that but then the week before classes start they do new student orientation and it is seven full days the first three are a big sky experience where they're broken up into cohorts of 25 and they go out and they accomplish a project they paint bear paws they clean the m or paint Mm. the m or they learn about school traditions or they go out and they last year they did a show it for log jam out at the kettle house so they do these really cool things and they bond in these groups of 25 then they come back to campus, and the next four days we have a mini master, and we break them up into different cohorts based on their major. And they go to a class, take a lab, take a final, write a paper. They break up with their significant other and have mm-hmm. to go to the counseling center. And so we do truly cram a whole master a f- semester into these four days. Um, and they get to meet another cohort of people and, and cool. interact with people on campus. And so that's one way that we really help them find some common touch points on campus but then after that we keep communicating with them every couple days so that they know that there's all these people on campus who care and want to be a part of their lives and so far it has been tremendous we have not experienced the melt that we usually do where where people drop out and it's just been really good and with Sarah's shop you know, we're, we're transitioning them onto campus and then we've got this big handshake and, and then 
they take them the rest of the way with advising and all of that. So it's been really good. Yeah, it sounds like an amazing program. Yeah. The mini-mester. Now, do students then say, oh, wait, is the next semester also four days, or is it uh, 15? No. Wi- what? We were, we were pretty <laughs> specific. Pretty specific. <laughs> you articulate that clearly? Yeah. Here's the expectation. Yep, yeah, yep, great. Yep. Um, Kathy, was there anything that I didn't ask you that you're thinking, oh, I wish Kyle had asked me this, or I hope he asks me about this? So the only question you haven't asked me is, how is enrollment? Yes, how universe? is enrollment? <laughs> I, sometimes I don't know if that's an okay question to ask here. Yeah. How are we looking? Um so, you know, last fall we stabilized the incoming class. We we had more students who had paid uh, at census than we had the year before, which was really good. And then our retention was up three points. Um, we have every indication. Every indication right now is that we're we are going to continue that pattern. Right now, our ad, our apps are up over where they were at this time last year, which is really good news. Yeah, it's a great indicator. Yeah, we're about to surpass admits for this time last year, so that's good news. Um, we're, we're seeing much more engagement when we're going out to schools, so that's good news. Yep. And students are um, are retaining at much higher numbers. So, um, you know, it's it's looking good. It's taking a village to do this. It's taking the entire campus, and it's really taking the community. So we're yeah. super happy that Missoula is such um, a part of our recruitment and retention at the institution. We, we really couldn't do it with without folks like you and the mayor who writes a letter to every student who's admitted. And, oh, wow. Yeah, so, we, you know, it really does take a village, and I, I, we've turned a corner, and it feels really good. That's really exciting. Yeah. And Missoula gets behind the university. You know, oh. I've felt it since day one. It's, it's funny, in Montana, you know, for those who aren't from here, when you drive outside of Missoula, you sort of have to travel a ways until the next city center. Yep. There's really no sprawl or suburbs Mm-mm. of Missoula. Um, and so it's, it is sort of a, okay, we're all in this together. Yeah. You know, we're here in this mountain valley together. Yep. And so that's exciting news to hear. So thanks for sharing. Yeah. Um, Kathy, this has been a delight. We really appreciate you being on. I know that the calendar is booked when you're in your position. So again, thank you for your time. Thank you so much. This has been great.